Hey guys, it's Dr. Poland here from Superior Chiropractic and Rehab Radio. I just want to thank you so much from the bottom of my heart for supporting our channel and listening to all the great content that we have coming out. Because our goal here is to help every community stay active, strong, and healthy without prescription drugs or surgery. And so bringing these guests on is going to help us accomplish that goal. Now to help further support our channel so we can spread the message to more people, I would really appreciate it if you could hit that like and subscribe button on our page to make sure that one, you get notifications of when a new episode drops and you can share it to your friends and family. So thanks so much. We so appreciate your support. Now, I hope you enjoy the episode. Thanks so much. Hey everyone, it is Dr. Brad Pullen here at Superior Chiropractic and Rehab Radio. As promised, we have our very first guest who is all the way from Arkansas. He's a good friend of mine. We went to chiropractic school together, Dr. Garrett Goodlett. Um, So Dr. Goodlett, can you kind of tell us what you do and what you're trying to do for your community? Okay, so as Brad mentioned there, I am also a chiropractor. Um, I practice in Conway and soon Maumelle, Arkansas, uh, kind of central Arkansas, Little Rock, Arkansas area. Uh, so what I do is I, I practice in a, honestly, it may be the state's largest group practice. Uh, so it's myself, our owner, and we have uh, two other chiropractors who will be starting with us in just weeks or less. Um, and then a, a fifth one who will be joining us in a couple of, uh, in about a month as well. So obviously that, uh, brings to my point of being probably the biggest practice in the state. And, uh, we see everyone from babies to the very elderly and many different illnesses and, uh, injuries, Myself, I like to see a lot more of the sport injury kind of things. Um, do a lot of, obviously, adjusting uh, some soft tissue work, therapy work. Um, also certified in acupuncture that I happen to be doing a lot of uh, more recent. And it's been a lot of fun. I've been here about a year and uh, ready to keep going. Well, that is awesome. I, I love hearing that. And it's kind of especially when you're mentioning about how you're kind of diving into a lot of different things. And I know when we first went, we're going through school, we were kind of like talking about what we want to do when we got into practice. And I kind of wanted to ask you, you know, whenever I got out of school, I know I had some goals I wanted to establish. What were the big things that like you wanted to, to accomplish, like within your first year of practice, then what are you looking at? when you go further on down the line? Oh man. Uh, first year out of practice, uh, get a job. That was <laughs> goal number one. <laughs> that, that uh, is a good goal to have. Yeah. So I mean, I, we got, I had a job leaving school, thankfully. Um, and things didn't work out, left there after a couple of months and I knew that things were not going to go very well. If I did not get myself back on my feet, and uh start start practicing again so i uh luckily got a got a job offer within a couple of weeks and uh you know i always knew through school that i wanted to associate for a while you know several years at minimum um kind of learn the ropes learn you know sure we learn all the treatment options in school but the one thing that not many people tell you is school does not prepare you for practice the way that they intended to. Um, People will always be people. Things happen every single day and there's only so many times you can adjust someone before you realize, Hey, they need something else or, you know, the business aspect, um, learning insurance, all that kind of stuff. So, and yeah, I know from my experience as well, like, I, I hate to say it like this, but it's, it's, it's a game, you know, you're playing the yeah. insurance game and it, it's just, you have to ask the right questions to them to figure out, you know, what their deductible is and how much they're going to owe. And 
it, I mean, it can be a real nightmare. Would you agree? Absolutely. Uh, you know, thankfully, my our office is large enough where we have a full time billing and insurance staff, so I don't necessarily have to mess with that every day. But that, I need to know the basics where I can explain to a patient firsthand. You know, okay, this is your deductible. This is how much you have left on your deductible to meet. Um, what their copay may be, what their insurance covers, because. And like we just talked about, we don't even learn about that going through school. There's no way a patient is going to know any of that information right out of the box. Oh, yeah, for sure. And, I, and you know, this, this is actually a great segue into one of my first questions I wanted to ask you. You know, like, and, it, and other than accomplishing your goals with getting a job out of school and then associating kind of learning the ropes, what would you say your biggest challenges have been when you're facing with a business decision or anything that you're tackling right now you wish to share? Oh, okay. So uh, as with every new grad, uh, money is always an issue. Uh, I, I make great money. I'm not, not complaining about that at all. But just being new grad, new area, new life. Um, yeah, I know you, Brad, just got married a couple of months ago. I'm getting married in a couple of months myself. Um, trying to pay bills, trying to pay uh, over $4 for my gas to drive every day uh, <laughs> is fantastic. Um, but, and uh, I also have my fiance's in school currently, so I don't have a necessarily permanent location right now. Um, we know that we're going to be moving here in about a year, and that may be a move for for the rest of our lives or maybe move for just a year and we pick up and go somewhere else. Um, so a permanent location is kind of a, an issue right now as, as well as the money. But as I, as I started with, I always kind of wanted to be an associate for several years. So it's kind of working out, kind of still, uh, you know, holding me back. Like, Oh man, I want to be able to stay somewhere and really grow in the community and, uh, be somewhere a little longer but I'm enjoying it. Good. I mean, I and mean, that's half the battle is finding a job that you like and sticking with it. You know what? It's, it's crazy why you were saying that it, uh, your fiance, I remember the day you told me you were going to be moving out of little rock and has, uh, has it been two years already? You've been down there. Uh, no, not quite. It's been like 18 months. Okay. Fair enough. But I mean, yeah, it's so crazy to think that she's going to be finishing up her doctorate relatively soon. Like that's yeah. 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 yeah that's good. Great uh-huh. for her. Um, okay. Well then, you know, I, I always ask this question to anybody who comes in and regardless if they're like a chiropractor or a physical therapist, but how would you, how do you guys communicate to your patients? Cause obviously if we can't say you have, low back pain caused by radiculopathy from the L4, L5 nerve root. Cause they're going to look at you like you have five heads. So, and that's been a big challenge for me is kind of like not dumbing it down, but bringing it down to like a third or fourth grade level that they can comprehend and be like, Oh, got it. And that makes sense. So like, well, what have you done that you've seen success with your communication for your clients? I was literally about to say dumb it down. So <laughs> I'm glad you, uh, you mentioned that, but, uh, so it's, it's a little different in our office. So the kind of the way our office uh, works out is that we have a couple of, uh, our doctors do all the new patient information, do all their paperwork, uh, basically do their first appointment. Uh, and, they kind of hand them off to another one of us, myself or uh, one of the other doctors who prefer to have more of the hands-on approach of practice. You know, I don't care to sit there and tell a patient all about their pain and all this stuff. I'd rather spend my time getting it better, which is what I'm, what I'm better at. You know, I, I'm not much of a talker in that aspect but I can sit there and give you exercise and do whatever 12 hours a day and not get tired of it. So I make sure to know that 
the patients know that this is um, this is what's going on with their body without using big words, using fewer words, and make sure to know that they are in the right place to get their treatment. And if it's not working out, we will get them to the right place. And that's, and that's kind of what I've been hearing from a lot of folks as well, is that they've been kind of explaining it in the way that you're just presenting it, but then also telling them how treatment's going to help them. You know, this yeah. is why we're doing X, Y, and Z, because A, B, and C has issues and whatnot going on with it. Yeah, so, yeah for, honestly. So from, so, of all, you know, this, this question just kind of popped in my head while you were going through that. And I know you have a brother who's finishing up physical therapy school. How do you guys kind of like discuss rehab and treatment? Cause you, I know you have quite a bit of experience in rehab and a lot of certifications and he's finishing up his degree too. So like, how does, how do you guys talk about like rehab and what are your guys' approaches to it? Ooh, um, you know, we, we haven't talked a ton about it. It's, it's not so much of the, him talking about rehab and stuff. Cause I honestly don't even think he's made it quite that far into his program yet. From, from my understanding of it, they do kind of similar to what we did in Cairo school. They go through all their basic sciences and then end up in the therapy realm um, at the end of schooling. But we'll sit here and argue, um, you know, what does, what does cervical retraction do for a patient all day long? I'm like, we have very similar degrees than some would even say almost identical degrees. And, you know, I'm a little more specialized in the spine. You're a little more specialized whole body. And you're going to tell me about cervical retraction. I was like, yeah, I understand cervical retraction. Um, <laughs> so it's, it's fun though. It's, it's weird too that you mentioned him, you know, we, we, uh, we tend to talk a whole lot more just in general, but not as much in that sense. You know, it's, it's kind of like a, uh, that school stuff for him, you know, that's my job for me. Like, um, we just enjoy just hanging out and talking. <laughs> Well, I mean, that's, I mean, that's kind of nice to hear because I know some healthcare providers, they just don't, they have like a grudge against other healthcare providers for whatever reason, like athletic yeah. trainers and physical therapists, medical doctors with everyone. Um, it's, I mean, I'm glad that that dynamic isn't impacting your guys' relationship, which is really nice. So well, let me ask you this question then, because I know healthcare is very, it's very, very broad especially in the musculoskeletal world, like we could, I mean, you can go to five different chiropractors and get five different treatments. And that's kind of the same line with the physical therapist or an athletic trainer, like the education mm -hmm. for the most part is really no different. So have you always wanted to be a chiropractor? No, I did not. Not at all. Um, I started out uh, wanting to go to a physical therapy school and that kind of began in high school, you know, junior, senior year of high school. When I really started thinking about college, um, knew I wanted to stay in something more physical, uh, physical medicine kind of stuff. And I knew I wanted to do healthcare. I just couldn't do the, the needles, the blood and all the fun stuff that comes along with being a medical doctor. So, uh, learned a lot about, about PT and shadowed some PTs, actually shadowed my chiropractor back home as well. And, um, you know, I learned that chiropractic were, would be able to keep me a little more autonomous doing my own thing versus a physical therapist where I had to listen to someone giving me instructions all day long, which was really nice. You know, I'd, I've always been a little more independent, so... I like that aspect of it, and uh, it it gave. I knew it would give me the opportunity to do something like owning my own business one day, more so than being a PT would. 
and there are PT clinics on every other street. I know it is here in uh, Little Rock, and it was in St. Louis for us when we were in chiropractic school, and even my hometown of 16,000 people has, you know, eight physical therapy clinics and, like, three chiropractors. So I knew the competition wouldn't be there as well. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I enjoyed that aspect of it and had some pretty good mentors uh, pushing me toward phys- uh, toward chiropractic as well. And, you know, it's, it's funny that you mentioned that how there's like a PT clinic or a chiropractor on every other street corner, especially in St. Louis. But I think it's more or less because of the colleges out there. But even oh, like yeah. in Little Rock, because... I mean, when we met up back in October, when I went to go visit Colin and you guys, um, I mean, my God, when we were just driving down the interstate going into our Airbnb, I mean, I saw like at least five or six different clinics of PT or chiropractors. So I'm like, holy cow. Like, I didn't realize it was that. But I mean, even you, on that You end, saw every chiropractor in Little Rock then because there's not that many. Oh, really? I thought you said, I thought yeah. there were, I thought there were a ton when I went through it. No, no. I mean, from my research, kind of the last semester or two of school, there are roughly 15 or 20 within kind of the Little Rock metro area, which includes Little Rock and North Little Rock. Um, oh, okay. But, you know, there's 200, 250,000 people in the area. <laughs> so, true. Like, 15 clinics versus 250,000 people. Yeah, kind of. But you're right. You know, St. Louis and I'm sure Atlanta, Dallas, places like that have a billion chiropractors, um, which I, I may be running into sooner than later. We'll find out. Stay tuned. Yeah. All right. We'll definitely have to keep our eyes and ears open. Well, let me ask you this next question because I, I always think it's it's kind of important to ask, and it's usually just like – I don't, I don't know how to even ask it. Like a lot of people think of, at least from my experience as a chiropractor is just someone who puts my bone back in place, you know, or, or, or that popping sound is the bone moving or or what have you, you know, like, so Mm -hmm. what, what would you say your biggest misconception that people have come to you regarding a, a chiropractor or a myth or anything like that? Oh man. Uh, I would say that it's more, it's a lot more to do with the patients having misconceptions than a lot of people realize. Cause you know, there's like you mentioned it earlier, there's always been a stigma around chiropractors, especially from other providers, but I couldn't tell you how many times the patient's been in our office and been like, oh, I don't know if you can actually fix this or help me or um, I don't really know either what you do or they don't believe in what we do, which the whole belief system in chiropractic is a whole different can of worms um, that we don't have to, we don't have to get into, but you know, and I've had patients today that are just like, that's crazy. Why, why does my back feel better after doing that? Like, it's just, you're, you're working so much within your body in that specific area, just putting some motion through a joint and activating mechanoreceptors and all the different nerve fibers that no one knows anything about, unless you study it, of course, but, um, yeah, that's, Oh, kind of a failure on the education system in general. Uh, I feel like I can hopefully say that considering my mom's a teacher, but that's a fun thing to do, trying to explain these things to patients all day long. Well, I, I, I don't know if it's a pleasure or, or a curse that not everyone had Dr. Huber as a neuroanatomy teacher. Uh, <laughs> uh, but, well, well, at any rate, we'll uh, keep discussing <laughs> our patients here. But, I mean, yeah, I mean, to, to your point, exactly. Um, I know earlier this week, we had, we had a grand opening on Tuesday. Yep. And we had an athletic trainer who owns his own, like, rehab business within a gym come by. And we were just talking. And 
he was asking me like, you know, like if I go to this doctor, they try to get my patient to do all this nutrition stuff, like functional medicine. If I go to mm-hmm. this doctor, they're just going to rack him or crack him, get him off the table. I go to this person, they want to spend like 45 minutes to an hour with them. So, and I'm just smirking while he's saying that because I'm like, I mean, yeah, that's, that's, that's about right. And then talking about philosophy and I was like, I really, you don't want to know chiropractic philosophy, but I'll tell you what my philosophy is and all that fun stuff. So, but I'm sure you've had plenty of experience with that. Yeah. Chiropractic philosophy is a, uh, is a, uh, decent part of people I know, many people I know, mm-hmm. uh, some that I'm very close to, others that I'm not. And it, it makes for an interesting day sometimes. Oh, for sure. Like I know there's a doc in our town that I talk to and he's in that same mindset. But I tell you what, though, he's helping people and they're not taking prescription drugs or surgery. So I say that's somewhat of a win, at least in our community, that oh, yeah. they're doing that. So, for sure. so let me ask you this next question. With you know, everything that's going on in the field of, of like chiropractors and whatnot, you know, what was one thing that, what's, what would you say there's one thing in your field that really no one agrees with you about? Mm. Oh, what is something they don't agree with me about? That, um, Patients have different recovery times, <laughs> uh, you know, and you go to any chiropractor in the world, they're going to give basically one of two things that you need to max out your insurance benefits on them. You know, for instance, Blue Cross Blue Shield here in Arkansas gives most of their patients 30, or 30 visits a year. And some offices will say, well, if you don't come in here 30 visits a year um, and then add some on a cash basis or in uh, car health, you're not going to be you know, living to your full potential uh, wink to all your chiropractors out there. And others will see, uh, you know, twice, be like, all right, well, you're fixed. Uh, just hit the road, <laughs> do, do whatever you're doing. But it, it's a lot more complicated than that. And everyone has, uh, you know, your high school athlete who's looking to be a collegiate athlete probably will get better in three or four visits. Your 65-year-old who enjoys walking around the ball every day for exercise probably won't be visit, uh, ready in three to four visits. Probably won't take them 10 for instance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think laying down those expectations is probably key before you even do treatment. Yeah, uh, yeah, you know, I, I'm sure you guys, you know, have a consultation and you guys do obviously do an exam and everything like that. But I mean, really laying down the framework of like, okay, so Jane Doe, you have X, Y, and Z going on. It usually takes this long for it to heal. And that's what we're going to be shooting for. And I know a lot of folks, they're like, you'll get adjusted one time. And then they'll be like, oh, hey, well, I'm feeling like 20 times better. And then a week later, they'll come back and be like, hey, I'm still hurting. Exactly. Yeah. And well, you mentioned it earlier. It has a lot to do with things other than just their age. You know, it's nutrition aspects. What's their overall health look like? Do they exercise at all? Do they exercise none? just uh depends person to person have you had anybody shatter you guys yet <laughs> all the time <laughs> so uh we actually uh our primary clinic i mentioned is in conway arkansas which happens to be the uh quote city of colleges in the state of arkansas so there are um, I know one public university and two private universities in Conway. So we have students 
all the time coming through wanting to shadow or we have a um, internship program where you know seniors in a exercise science degree or kinesiology whatever their specific degree is named over there that come and hang out with us for a semester um we've had not since i've been working there but there have been chiropractic school interns that have come and worked with us so yeah we have we have shadows and interns all the time and you know i i i think with with student shadowing it's it's great because it kind of gives them an idea of what they're getting themselves into so that they can make an informed decision it's like hey do i really want to pursue this and can i see myself making a career out of it yeah so and i imagine a lot of those students who've shadowed you dr goodlett they've always been like so you know what's from your experience, you know, what advice would you give an incoming student to, let's say, Logan's College of Chiropractic or a high school or a college senior kind of on the fence about what they want to do? Like, what would you, what was usually your advice for them? Start out strong and don't quit. Um, you know, I I think Brad would be I think he would be on board with me here. I enjoyed chiropractic school. You know, it was hard sure the studying was hard and there were a lot of difficult classes and you know three and a half years is a long time but you know I met really good friends there you know I got some of you guys coming to my wedding here in a few months um I talked to several of you still on a daily basis um but once you get out of school it's it's a whole different world um, I mentioned earlier that this is my second job after being out of school for only what 15 or 16 months now. Yeah. And uh, this, the second job has been very beneficial to me. So you just, you can't give up. You got to keep working hard and, um, you know, learn every day and keep doing what you do best and, learn about what you're not doing best at. And I, and I think even from my experience, I've only had two people shadow me before. And I know when they've asked me about, you know, chiropractic school and the real world and, you know, whenever, you know, I mean, I think you would agree with this when you're in school, your first semester is kind of rough because she's like, Holy God, I'm, I'm, Oh my gosh, I'm taking like 25 credit hours. And then you get to your second and third semester and it just like, it seems like the coursework just doubles and then it goes down and it ramps up back up. And then once you're in clinic, it's kind of like you're just coasting. Um, You know, when you're in practice, it is a whole new ball game. You know, like you're not, you don't have to study. You have to be like, Oh, I need a, I have someone coming in for their neck and I need to figure out what's going on with them. That's not going to hurt them. And yeah. sometimes that can be a, like a little overwhelming when someone's not holding your hand anymore and be like, okay, go figure it out. Yeah. And uh, from firsthand experience, those classes in uh, diagnosis and, you know, ours was called physical diagnosis. And then we had a, what was the other one? Internal. Internal, disor- internal disorder. disorders. Yeah. yeah. Uh, those classes are useful because you could be like me and, uh, five months after you graduate from school, you could be diagnosing a heart attack in your office. So please remember those classes. They will come in handy. You know, it's funny. Cause I, I remember I had a, uh, I had a practical, I had, a, I was doing a cardiovascular exam with Dr. Manello. Uh, and for anyone who's from Logan, you know who Dr. Manello is, but Dr. Manello is this old woman and she is the nicest person you'll ever meet, but she'll like, it's kind of deceiving. Like I took that exam and she's like, Brad, you did great. And I'm like, Oh, cool. I got an A and I got my grade back and it was a 40%. And I'm like, wait a minute. Yeah. You said I did great. Yeah. But, uh, um, well, actually they may not even know who Dr. Manello is now because she retired. Yeah. She's, yeah, she's retired <laughs> now, but the, the new Logan people may not ever heard of her. That might be and an episode. Like Dr. Huber. Oh yeah, that's right. He's not there anymore Dr. either. Oh nope. man. Or Dr. Campbell. There are lots of people not there anymore that we had. Man, I 
man, I'm going to have to look up their faculty staff and see what they actually yeah. had there now. Yeah. But, um, but anyways, like I, like I said, I, when I have students come in, I, I just be like, Hey, you know, I'm not going to be real with you. Like it gets, it gets a lot harder after school. Like school is easy. Yeah. Once you get in the real world, then it's a whole different ball game. Yeah. And I mean, I, I commend some of our classmates who started to practice right out of school, like Grant and Andy. I'm oh, like, man. my, my God, like you guys are, yeah really courageous with doing that yeah and and even some people that didn't like that weren't in our class um you know i mean i'm sure you remember uh nick belden who was below us he's out in arizona now he, yeah he opened his own thing right off the bat mm-hmm. um, yeah him and his girlfriend they might be engaged i don't know i don't remember but yeah i mean there's lots of people that did it and you're right kudos to them i uh i definitely do not have the business mindset to to do that well, I mean, even kind of going into that is a lot. I know a lot of people have like when they go into business, it's it's like um. I know for me personally, I had a lot of fear when I gave my last employer my resignation letter because I'm like, oh crap, am I making the right decision by doing this? And yeah, and I'm sure one day you're gonna you're gonna feel that too. But within your time within practice, you know, what would you say has been the most successful venture that you didn't really expect to even pop up. I literally just mentioned it. Uh, the, the, uh, the testing of my diagnostic skills. Um, I mentioned the guy uh, a, a bit ago that I diagnosed having a heart attack and sent him on to the ER. Never expected that to, to happen in practice. I and mean, you, I'm sure you remember how many times teachers – told us, you know, you may never use this, and if you do, it's probably going to be 25 years from now, but better know how to use it, and here I am, five months into practice, and having a uh, uh, a very bad moment. <laughs> uh, but, I mean, the guy's, guy's totally fine now. You know, it, it's weird to think that I potentially save somebody's life as just, you know, someone who... Uh, puts bones back in place so i mean it's something that's going to be with you for the rest of your life and you're never yeah, going to yeah. forget it like you'll be able to sniff out a heart attack real quick from here on out i imagine uh yeah it, it tends <laughs> to light a fire under you sometimes um <laughs> but yeah i mean it's it's been fun it's been interesting for sure well i, I know with especially you guys are seeing you know, very high volume of patients. And there's a lot of providers doing a lot of work with rehab adjustments, acupuncture. And I mean, I, I can only imagine that for you guys, teamwork and communication have to be on point. Yeah. So, Absolutely. you know, what have you guys really tried to instill? Cause I know I've asked you about like communicating with your patients and whatnot, but like when you're in like, you say your team meetings, and you're talking to one another, how do you guys make sure everything is streamlined and smooth so that nothing falls in between the cracks? So we, as a, as an overhead, you know, umbrella of a company, we really work in a corporate structure. You know, it sounds weird that, you know, we're a small business, we're a small healthcare business, but we are, large in the fact that we take care of a lot of people and we have you know about 30 employees so it's definitely bigger than your typical small business but working in a corporate structure works very well for us we have our owners at the very top of course then we have kind of us uh, doctors right underneath them including the owner she's also a, a chiropractor so um then we have a handful of rehab and therapy uh, team members. There's two of those members who kind of oversee all the other ones, including some of the students uh, that we have come shadow and uh, do their internships from undergrad. Um, and I also kind of play the, uh, I, I kind of play the little fly on the wall boss of the rehab department in our office. So I don't necessarily work firsthand with all of our patients back in rehab, 
But if anything were to come up question wise or they need a hand, um, I'm their first line to go to. Um, and then we have, I mentioned it earlier, we have billing and insurance uh, team members, coworkers. There's a full-time HR person. We have seven or eight massage therapists. I mean, it's a, it's a big, big ordeal. I like that. I mean, that's, you have to have structure with something of that large of an operation, especially yeah. if there's only 30 something employees and you guys are seeing, I mean, I don't know, you know, 500, We're 600 folks, about 500 a week. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you're averaging 500 a week with multiple providers and other employees who need solid communication, I mean, that's, I mean, right there's your bread and butter, like you were just mentioning. Yeah. So, you know, I only have a couple more questions, so I won't take up much more of your time. But, you know, I know a lot of folks, they always kind of like look at the other professions like, oh, if I wasn't doing this, I'd probably be doing that. Like, mm-hmm. so for you, if you weren't a chiropractor, what other, what other field would you want to go into? Uh, I would never have thought to be this if I had not gone to chiropractic school. But since being there, I think I would be really interested in neurosurgery. Oh, really? Yeah. Why is that? Um, I just think, yeah, I I don't know what your experience was with anything, you know, like cadaver-wise before chiropractic school. But you go to chiropractic school, you work on cadavers in the anatomy lab, and you learn very in-depth about the body. I'd never experienced anything like that in my life. Uh, you know, undergrad was cutting up a frog that kind of actually cats whatever um, it's a whole different ball game and it was so cool I remember <laughs> I remember when we were in anatomy 2 and did the brain dissection Dr. Campbell and uh, Dr. Gillum and Dr. Huber all in there at the same time it was a madhouse, but it was so funny. <laughs> like just having seeing Huber in there with all of us hanging out was really weird because he's not he doesn't seem like the anatomy lab guy. And he's in there like basically throwing a brain across the classroom. We're like, no, don't throw the brain. <laughs> um, but yeah, I and mean, I I honestly cannot even really remember other than physical therapy, what I would want to have done prior to going to chiropractic school, kind of what my, you know, dream job, what if, if I weren't doing this, what would I be doing? You know, um, maybe I could have been like a rock star. That would be pretty cool too. Yeah. Just go on tour. Right. Yeah. With <laughs> I, I mean, zero musical skills. I mean, I, I really, like you were mentioning, I really appreciated the brain dissection lab that we had and even the the heart dissection because it's like yeah you know when you're pulling that brain out that's literally someone's consciousness it's their thoughts it's their memories their emotions like it's their entire entity in your hand and it's just a very like eye-opening experience and i mean i i tell and I'm sure you do the same with anyone who's in chiropractic school or physical therapy, medical school who shadows you to say, you know, you really need to take advantage of that cadaver lab because yep. once you're out of that university, you have to pay to go somewhere else to get that same experience. Yep. And that's a once in a lifetime thing. So yeah, like you're saying, take advantage of that stuff. It is just, it's worth its price in gold for sure. Yeah, you have to. I mean, there's, I don't know. If any students listen to your uh, podcast, but uh, they need to pay close attention to that last uh, two minutes <laughs> discussing anatomy lab, because uh, you're right, you know, and it's kind of a burden while you're there. You know, oh, I gotta go sit in anatomy lab and look at the sartorius for the next hour. Um, you don't, you don't get to do it again. No, I mean. Oh my gosh. I, I, it's weird to say that I miss the anatomy lab, but like some of the stuff in there that was just absolutely oh, gnarly. I mean, you remember that I took that, uh, tour of the body position like before COVID hit. So I was, and I 
put in an application to go stand in the anatomy lab and smell formaldehyde for an hour trying to teach people who have no idea what they're doing in that room about the human body. Like, that's how much I like it. I mean, I even went to the... Um, and the, you tutored anatomy lab, didn't you? Yeah, I tutored anatomy yeah. lab when I was in, in, in at Logan. But I remember even going to... Uh, what is it? Like, are, are you've been to the, like the bodies exhibit? Uh, I think so. Well, Wait, the bodies, the, the one that like tours the nation? Uh, I think so, yeah. Then, no, I have not been to that one. Well, the last time we, uh, Kimber and I with Jacob, we were in, um, we were in Little Rock back in May whenever Colin got married. Yeah. Um, the bodies exhibit was in town, so we went and checked it out. And I'm telling you, it was like a weird type of nostalgia that I never feel like I would ever have come back to me. And I'm like, oh, man, I miss getting my ass reamed out by Dr. Gillum because I missed a yeah. great sap in his vein or something like that. I'm like, oh, yeah. man. <laughs> yeah. Or, uh, man, I misspelled something stupid in Anatomy 1. And Gillum was just like, you spelled it wrong. Or like, I put like an extra S in there. Who cares? Yeah. Just, uh, yeah. Whole different beast. Oh my gosh. Well, you know, let's, I, I want to start kind of, I don't want to take up much of your time because I know we've been doing this for about, holy cow, 40 some minutes. Yeah. So let me ask you just a couple of, you know, questions just about you in general, not the doctor, but the person, you know, if you had to give, recommend any book or three books, to anyone to read what would you say that they should read okay so uh i'm glad you i'm glad you prepped me for some of this because i i literally had to sit here and think for like two days straight of what my books were because i don't read um i'm a terrible steward of my profession (laughs) (laughs) but uh but i have not read a book in forever uh so i kind of had to dig back into the the Logan days um, and suggest some of our eh, probably not even some of our suggested reading because they're a little more a little more present day than a lot of teaching out there but um, I suggested some books by Don Murphy uh, Stuart McGill, Michael Shacklock uh, Robin McKenzie you're kind of a a group of you know major like Mount Rushmore type figures in modern physical physical medicine. Um, you know these are guys like Robert McKenzie's the McKenzie Method uh, developer, and a lot of these guys uh, did a lot for the physical medicine side of things and have worked on a lot of people and are brilliantly intelligent. I've watched a couple of uh, uh, McGill's videos online too. They're really cool. You know, it's that. uh, Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I I was just going to go to the next book, but go ahead. I was just going to say like, it's, it's crazy how brilliant uh, Dr. McGill is. And it's even more impressive that, you know, he's not even a clinician. He's just a PhD in biomechanic scientist. (laughs) And he's like, he's just telling everyone's like, okay, you're not going to treat someone like this. You need to do X, Y, and Z when they have this kind of condition. It's like, oh my God, like, okay, I will do that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But yes, master. <laughs> uh, and uh, like I mentioned, I don't, mean, I don't read very often, but uh, my uh, boss actually suggested this book to me. Um, it's The Road Back to You by Ian Morgan Cron. Uh, some of you have may have heard of this guy before, may have not. I was one who had not. Um, it is a book solely about the Enneagram. Now, I'm not a huge Enneagram person. I had never even heard of it before I started working at my current position. But basically, it is a personality, uh, you know, kind of a box, if you will. It organizes different personality traits and puts your feelings, things like that, uh, 
structures things out for you and helps you learn a little bit more about yourself than you normally would learn out in the real world. Um, kind of gives you a, you know, like Brad and I are very different people. You know, I, I know we both like to be on time, but Brad's much more studious than I am. And I'm a little more, you know, let me, let me study what I have to study. And then I'm going to go just hang out. Uh, but I couldn't tell you how many times that I have seen Brad just reading a book at our old house in chiropractic school. And I'm like, dude, it is 90 degrees outside. It is sunny. I'm going to go sit outside. <laughs> like, um, But kind of gives a, a huge uh, look into your life from a different perspective. So I wasn't always that big of a nerd in chiropractic school, was I? Ah, you might have been. <laughs> you know, you I I asked this question and I know when I sent it to you is like, you know, what for our audience, but I always try to find other books, even for myself, for just how can I improve myself overall as an individual? Yeah. And, you know, I, I just, while you were talking, I was listening, but I was also looking up, looking it up on Amazon and I kind of what you were saying, like, I have no idea what the whole purpose of it is. So I, I'm going to have to take a look at that. It sounds really, really interesting and fascinating. It, it is. And now that I actually have like, even heard of it like that, I'd never heard of what the Enneagram was until a year ago. Mm-hmm. And again, it's not something that I just sit here and read about and look at every single day but everything i've seen read heard about it has been fairly interesting so um, it's definitely something that kind of changed the vibe up every once in a while because i'm a i'm a big music nerd like i love listening to music on my ride to work and our my boss suggested listening to this enneagram podcast and i listened to it on the way to work today i was like ah, this is different I like that. Well, what about, well, like even books, do you have any podcasts that you'd recommend anybody listening to? Okay. Chiropractors. Three good ones that I like. Modern Chiropractic Marketing Show, um, The Evidence-Based Chiropractor, and Lifestyle Practice Builders. Those are all very good podcasts. The last one, Lifestyle Practice Builders, is literally what the name reads out it's more about uh, building your brand um you know learning about the types of people you want to work with and practice how to begin a practice etc they have a ebook and a paperback uh kind of what would your 100 days up to opening a chiropractic office look like um, um i actually have that book too uh, the hundred days until practice. Um, but it's very much so more for people who want to open something it kind of immediately. And uh, I've mentioned several times that I'm not, I want to stick with being an associate for a while. So I haven't quite dove into that one yet, but uh, evidence-based chiropractor is a really good one too. Uh, I like watching, I uh, listen to that one. Okay. You know, I, as you were just talking again, I started looking up lifestyle chiropractic builders and I'm looking at some of their titles for their podcasts. And I mean, I'm going to, I'm on my way home today. I'm going to definitely have to pop that up. You know what they told me about that one? Your boss? Josh. Josh Glassman? Glassman. Oh, no kidding. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Oh man. He was was all over those guys in school. Oh, was that like his preceptorship? Was those folks? No, no, it wasn't his preceptorship, but he just found them online and uh, started communicating with them. You know, that's one person I haven't talked to even when we, since we graduated. I hope he's doing well out in Oregon. He's still out in Oregon, right? Yep. He'll be, he'll be, in a, he'll be at the wedding. So Good. Good for him. Well, maybe we'll see him. Show up, if you show up to the wedding, then you'll see him again. Well, there you go. I'm sure he'd love to see me. <laughs> oh, um, yeah. Well... What about... have a, I had some other podcasts too. Sure. Uh, what else you got for me? For for you non chiropractic people, True Crime podcast. Like I said, I'm not a reader. I'm also not a podcast person. Uh, literally, listen to like 
four different podcasts just this week for whatever reason. And my fiance actually got me on some of the true crime ones. So uh, Crime Junkie and Morbid, Something Was Wrong and Generation Y are very good um, true crime podcast if anyone's interested. You know, that sounds like it'd be something up my wife's cup of tea because she'll be yeah. watching these like murder mystery documentaries. Does she watch on... Dateline? Uh, yes, she loves yeah. Dateline. Dateline stays on my TV like basically seven days a week. Well, it, it kind of scares me because my wife is watching these and I'm just like, you've been watching They're quite a few of these. Murders. Like, are you going to be like planning on taking me out back behind the shed or like, what are you thinking? So, exactly. <laughs> well, Dr. Goodlett, it's it's been awesome talking to you again. You know, I'm really looking forward to seeing you guys again at the end of this year because that's when you're getting married. So congrats to that. Um, Thanks. You know, right before we head on out, if you could just tell everyone, you know, where we can where we can find you, best way to give you a contact if we have questions, concerns, anything like that. Uh, man, I am a terrible uh, mid-20-year-old because I have, like, no public business um, social media platforms <laughs> but uh, if you're just wanting to read a bio or anything uh, you can find it at bloodsochiropractic.com um, you can search me up on Instagram or something too it's, it's all my uh, all my personal Instagram but yeah who cares right alright exactly. well perfect well Thanks again, Dr. Goodlett, for stop taking some time out of your busy day to talk to us. It really means a lot. And I know everyone, at least in Glen Carbon, Edwardsville, is going to appreciate listening to your expertise as well out in Conway in Little Rock, Arkansas. Um, Absolutely, man. Thank you for letting me jump on and be your first guest. I didn't know I was the first one. I feel so special. I know. Look at you. So, <laughs> alrighty. So, thanks for everyone for listening. We'll see you at your next episode. Hey everyone, it's Dr. Poyne here again. I so appreciate you listening to our podcast. I know you probably got a lot out of it that you can help implement into your day-to-day activities and lifestyle. So like I said before, I would really appreciate you to help support our channel as we grow to go into other communities so we can achieve our goal of making sure everyone is active, strong, and healthy without prescription drugs or surgery. So how we're going to do that is that by going to our page, hitting like and subscribe so you get notifications and when a new episode drops, and you can help share it to your friends and family. So this is Dr. Poland. Thanks again for listening. I so appreciate it. Have a great day.